What's the best approach if parents don't see eye to eye on how to raise their children? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 67 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn the importance of presenting a united parenting front. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. Rabbi Uri Zohar was once invited to judge a school competition. He arrived and was seated at the head of the table alongside all the town dignitaries. One man at the table, however, appeared out of place. An ordinary-looking fellow, Rabbi Zohar, asked him who he was. Don't you know the man responded? I'm the father of the school principal. You're his father, Rabbi Zohar replied? That's quite a zechus. How did you merit such a fine son? Actually, said the man, it had nothing to do with me. My wife gets all the credit. What do you mean, the rabbi asked. Well, let me tell you about it, he replied. When we were first married, we lived in a rough neighborhood. I owned a kiosk, but it was a dangerous place to raise a family, physically and spiritually. And yet, what must make a Paranasa, right? The first day I came home from work, I found my wife sobbing. I asked her what was wrong. She replied that she was worried about our future children and that she wanted me to promise to stay focused. I said, of course, dear, and asked her what she meant. She replied that we needed to pray for the welfare of our kids. After all, one's salary is already predestined, and health is also predetermined by heaven. And so all we can really invest our efforts in is praying for the welfare of our children and doing our very best to raise them as good Jews. I gave her my word that I would partner with her in raising the finest children, and today, Baruch Hashem, we have eight adult children who are God-fearing, learned, dedicated members of our holy nation. Today's stuff discusses a situation where a young girl made a vow. The Torah states that her father and her husband have the power to ratify or nullify the vow. What if one of them ratified while the other nullified? What if the one who ratifies subsequently changed his mind and decided to nullify? Let's look at the Gemara. Says the Mishnah, A betrothed maiden, her father and her husband, nullify her vows. If the father nullified her vow and the husband did not nullify it, or the husband nullified and the father did not nullify, then the vow is not nullified. And needless to say, it is not nullified if one of them ratified the vow. Says the Gemara, And needless to say, it's not nullified if one ratified. Why do I need to teach this? Now, it was stated that if one rat- nullified the vow without the other, it is nothing if one them ratified it. Why do I find it ne- necessary to teach this? It was necessary for a case where one of them nullified the vow and the other one ratified it, and the one who ratified the vow retracted and requested dissolution of his ratification. Lest you say he has now uprooted that which he initially ratified, it teaches us that the two of them must nullify simultaneously. Let's analyze the Gemara. To nullify her vow, the Gemara concludes, not only must they both commit to nullification, but they must say so at the same time. Basically, they must present a unified front for their power of annulment to be effective. In ancient times, girls were married very young. Consequently, responsibility for a girl's spiritual condition devolved from the father to the husband. Nowadays, with childhood extending well into the teenage years, the father and mother remain responsible for the spirituality of their children. Sometimes the child will act in a way that one parent disapproves of. The child may then seek the approbation of the other parent who is less strict. When the other parent's approached, he has two choices. Either he can contradict the view of the spouse, or respond that he would like to say okay, but he is not prepared to override the other parent. Both responses are confusing to the child. One response is like the second guardian in Algamara, who contradicts the first guardian. 
The other response is like the case immediately following in the Gemara. One parent says no, thus nullifying the wish of the child. The spouse then says yes, ratifying the will of the child, but subsequently amends the ratification to a nullification. After all, he's decided he shouldn't be overruling the other parent. The fact is, however, he's already overruled it in a certain sense. He's expressed his dissenting view and then come back around. The Gemara makes it clear that such an approach doesn't work. Once a parent has presented the opening of an opposing position, the child is at liberty to do as he wished. After all, he knows he can always defend himself by citing the support of the second parent. Instead, the parent should state clearly and definitively that he agrees with the first parent if that is how he indeed intends to proceed. Children need models and guidelines. It's very confusing to children when they receive mixed messages from their parents. Sometimes the messages and instruction may be explicit, and other times they may be implicit. But kids are not fools. They can discern very quickly when their parents are not on the same page. Take, for example, parents who have agreed in principle to raise their children a certain way, but really one of them is not personally committed to the ideals. The child will quickly spot the incongruence and begin to question the expectations. If one of the parents does not really buy into it, why should the child? Couples need to decide as early as possible in the relationship what kind of household and lifestyle they would like to lead together. Preferably such conversations should take place even prior to marriage to ensure that they're on the same religious page. But certainly before the kids arrive, a husband and wife must agree on the family's hashkafa. Like many aspects of marriage that may require compromise on the part of each of them, but it's an essential conversation if you wish to provide clarity for your children. Without that clarity, they will read it as hypocrisy. And that may lead, God forbid, to the risk of their becoming turned off entirely. Parenting isn't an easy task. In most cases, God helps by providing us with a partner on the parenting team called a spouse. But like any partnership, you need to figure out the game plan and strategy. May you work to support each other as true teammates and raise beautiful Torah-observant children, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.